Welcome to the ChatGPT Podcast. I'm your host, Jaden Schaefer. Each episode, we dive into the latest developments in the exciting field of artificial intelligence, exploring its applications and potential impacts on our daily lives. If you are looking for an innovative and creative community of people using ChatGPT, you need to join our ChatGPT creators community. I'll drop a link in the description to this podcast. We'd love to see you there where we share tips and tricks of what is working in ChatGPT. It's a lot easier than a podcast as you can see screenshots, you can share and comment on things that are currently working. So if this sounds interesting to you, check out the link in the comment. We'd love to have you in the community. Google is days away from its big AI investor conference. So today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about what you should be expecting from this conference, what the big updates in AI coming out of Google are going to be over the next couple days and over the next few months, and what the implications are for the overall AI market in general. So The first thing to know is that Google has invested really heavily in artificial intelligence, and that is all going to be on display at its annual developer conference this week, which is Google I slash O. And one really interesting thing is that Google is planning to announce its new general use large language model called Palm 2. This is going to be really big. Um, In addition to this, Google is also set to unveil its what they would call, you know, their advancements to Bard and Search and really how they incorporate generative generative experiences into all of that. So what's important to know is that um, with this new Palm 2 and everything it can do, it can essentially, it includes 100 more languages. So it's rolling out to multiple languages. ChatGPT already does a lot of different languages. Um, I'll be curious to see which one does more after this announcement. And, you know, they've been going with the code name Unified Language Model. It's, it's funny, all these tech companies always have internal code names for their projects that are, like, pretty publicly hyped up that everyone knows they're working on. But in any case, um, this new project is going to essentially perform a, a larger range of different coding and math tests, as well as it's going to focus on creative writing and analysis. So this is really important. I think what Google really is focusing on, obviously... They're late to the game, right? Like they're like six months past ChatGPT really launching with a solid product. And of course, they've come out with like Bard and some examples, but it's been an experiment. It hasn't been um, really, it hasn't been incredibly uh, impressive in my opinion, considering Google is like the pioneer of this industry and should be really on top of their game. That being said, what they're saying is that the new advancements of what they're coming out with is going to be really good at coding, math, creative writing, and analysis. Math is something uh, traditionally really bad on ChatGPT, so it's going to be really interesting to see um, how they get this better. They probably just incorporate, um, you know, different math technologies, calculators into it, I would assume, um, and help train that into it and work like plugins into it, I would assume. I could be wrong. Uh, I just know that the transformer model, which traditionally is used in all these AIs, is just really not good at doing math. Um, But if you can incorporate plugins, it's really powerful so if it can identify that math is needed it outsources it to a plugin it feels like you're just doing the normal chat thing um and it can be really good so i'm assuming that's what google's doing um coding is going to be interesting honestly i feel like it's going to be hard to beat um chat gpt on coding because chat gpt has a little bit of uh inside um like uh i don't know competitive unfair advantage essentially microsoft bought github and has let chat gpt use that um as training data for ChatGPT in code. So ChatGPT is really good at code because it has GitHub. Now, 
I can almost guarantee Microsoft and GitHub did not give that access, that API access to Google to train off of. However, a lot of the stuff is open on the internet. And um, the thing that I think a lot of people underestimate uh, when you underestimate Google is just the fact that Google has scraped the entire internet. And you have to essentially to be shown up uh, your website to show up in Google, you have to say like, yeah, I approve Google to crawl my website. And in that crawl, Google has the ability to look at all the words and all the text on your website. They've got a lot of flack in the past for doing featured snippets on Google, where essentially they're just like showing something they pulled straight out of your website on Google. So no one actually has to click to your website. That's got controversy because if no one clicks through to your website, you don't you know, get more users on your products or um, don't make more sales on your products or you don't get money from ad revenue of people clicking over your website. So whatever it is, um, Google's gotten some flack for that. But that being said, that just shows the power that Google has all of the text of every single website almost in the world, right? Anything indexed on Google. And it's a massive data set. Now, to be fair, Microsoft and Bing have that, have a, I mean, a similar data set. Um, because if it if a website is you know approved for crawling, Bing is going to get it as well. So uh, ChatGPT probably has a lot of this, but Google really has a ton of content. They've been like one of the premier um, you know website gathering information gathering places. So it really should have some. Uh, it, it should be really powerful. And if it's not incredibly powerful, it's going to be a very bad day for Google when they first unveiled Bard. You know their stock price. Uh, their their market cap went down a hundred million dollars because there was a you know a, a fake fact in their uh, in their demo and so it's really going to be interesting. I almost feel like at this point Google is on the defensive. They're trying to prove that look we have innovative technology. Look we have some cool stuff, um, and they're just trying not to mess it up because if they make one mistake, there goes a hundred million dollars or worse. Um, because, you know, people have given them a little bit of leeway saying, oh, they're just honing and they're just getting better. It's going to work out. So it'll be really interesting. But that being said, math, coding, creative writing. I mean, ChatGPT already does a good job at that. So I'd be curious to see how they plan on improving. Um, not to say it can't be done, but uh, they, there is a, a pretty decently high bar, especially with GPT-4. And then they, the last thing they say is, analysis and all of these things coding math right uh, creative writing analysis this is all coming out of documents that uh, CNBC reviewed and saw um, and, and looking at this new palm 2 and so it's gonna be interesting with analysis specifically what that entails if you're able to give it a large range of numbers and data and if it's a, able to run analytics that are better than chat GPT um, I think right now Google really has to kind of focus on what their angle is because they can't just follow up with ChatGPT with the same product. Even if it was 10, 20, even if it was 30% better than ChatGPT, ChatGPT has first mover advantage. It's got a ton of users. People love it. Um, and so uh, incremental advantages or improvements over the major model right now is not going to do it. So Google really needs to find their angle. They need to find out the weaknesses of ChatGPT. Um, and really show why they're a powerful tool. Because for example, if ChatGPT really struggled with math and I'm doing math, it's like, I don't care. Like I have no preference about the tool. I just, I'm gonna use the one that's best and Google's the best. And maybe using that for math makes me build trust with it and I'll use it for more things in the future. So Google really has to focus on this and get it right so that um, on launch, people have something that they can trust it for more than ChatGPT. Along this vein, I think Google has been kind of looking at that one area in particular um, that they recently launched 
uh, I think about a month ago is called Med Palm 2. Uh, and that was just last month, Google said that it's medical LLM can answer medical questions at an expert doctor level, and they say it's accurate 85% of the time. Now, of course, that's not perfect, and so I'm sure that's kind of what they're pushing it for because with a medical thing, you know, you would want it to be very have a very, very high accuracy rate. And for all the people out there, you know, there's articles and journalists with all the gotcha moments saying, see, look, it's only like accurate 85% of the time. What about the 15% of the time? It's going to give people terrible advice and kill them. Like, there's all those people out there, but like, Let's look at the advancements. Let's look at the rate that this technology is improving. I don't really care whether it's perfect or not because I, I think it's just look at the trajectory it's on. This thing will eventually be perfect or very near close to perfect on a lot of these things. And so, like, let's start looking at the implications and start building and preparing for those. Um, I think any gotcha moments about the weaknesses of AI right now are uh, just too soon and are really not very relevant in the in the face of how fast this technology is advancing. I think, you know, better than some of these people gloating over the weaknesses, like let's really start to prepare. Uh, if you should, if you need to be worried about something it can do, be worried, figure out what to do. Uh, if you're trying to capitalize on it to make a better product that helps people, like figure out how to make that product that helps people. And I just say, don't get caught up about the weaknesses of some of these tools because they all will become incredibly powerful. In addition, like you'd expect, um, they plan on integrating the, their AI into everything on Workspaces, Gmail, Google Docs, um, Sheets. They've been doing a bunch of tests. In fact, I, I have a Google Workspace, and there's a big pop-up when I was logged in the other day that was like, you've been selected to be like a new tester on our AI thing. And I was like, oh, super cool. So I like clicked accept or go, and then it like pulled me to a new page, and it was like, great, thanks for accepting. We'll let you know if we need you or if you the you know if your spot opens up. So, was, I don't know, it's kind of a scam on Google's part, whatever. I never, so I never got access. But um, obviously, they're pulling people in. They're getting, they're getting a lot of beta testers to test these products out to see how powerful they are. Um, and I do think that it's interesting. Apparently, um, some, there's some separate documents that CNBC was, you know, got access to um, that said that uh, there's this thing called pretty much inside of Google, there's something called a multi-model version called multi-bard, which uses a larger data set and involves really complex math encoding programs. So um, it essentially helps, well, I guess it, it, it helps people solve complex math encoding programs. And so according to that document, um, the company has also tested ver a version called Big Bard and Giant Bard. So I'm assuming we're going to hear about what the heck Big Bard and Giant Bard are. Uh, obviously, I would assume that it's some really massive data sets. It's interesting to see if they're going to actually announce how big these data sets are because even um, OpenAI, who previously announced the size of their data sets for DaVinci and ChatGPT, did not announce the data set size for GPT-4. So it's going to be interesting if Google follows and kind of keeps hush on it. I personally think there could be a couple of reasons for um, people uh, these these new these uh, new bigger versions not going public with how big they are. Number one, maybe people would be mad by the amount of data they have, um, and they kind of want to keep that on the DL if they scraped you know like all of Twitter when they used to have the API access. Now they don't have it anymore. You know, people could be upset and especially like Elon at Twitter and people over at LinkedIn and people over at Reddit want to charge them for it and a whole bunch of different websites want to charge them for it. So I think the more 
transparency they have about exactly what's in there, the more people are going to get upset. So they're just kind of keeping it under wraps. I think that might be one reason. And then another reason is possibly that the data set isn't getting any bigger. They just figured out how to train it better with what they have. Um, and perhaps people view that as a sign of the technology peaking. And so those are the two reasons I could see why they would uh, not be uh, not be publicly sharing that. So there was a recent article in the Wall Street Journal that said Google plans to make search more personal with AI chat and video clips. Essentially, the article talks about the fact that um, Google is going to be moving search beyond what they call the traditional 10 blue links web results, which is what, you know, the home, the first page of Google, what you see there. Um, Google said that they're going to be building out. It's kind of interesting because Google doesn't want to cannibalize their search business. They don't want to worry investors that they're going to do that. Um, and so they can't really go all in the same way Google or Microsoft Bard or ChatGPT kind of goes all in on answering questions in a certain way. Um, and so at the moment, they're really focusing, and I've heard a lot of talk from them about the fact that they're going to help answer questions that um, traditional search doesn't answer. And like their traditional search business made $162 billion of revenue last year. So like obviously this is a really big deal. It's a really big part of um, – Google Alphabet's whole business model, and they really don't want to jeopardize that. But at the same time, they kind of have a two-pronged attack on them right now, which is number one, um, these all these chatbots, AI, and also just TikTok in general and all the other short-form apps. There was a, some uh, internal study done recently that said um, younger, the younger generation, 40% of them, when they're looking for like a restaurant around them, will go to... Um, will go to like short form video platforms and for a host of other questions. Really interesting. Um, people are using like TikTok to get recommendations for a lot of things um, and to get information on a lot of things because they're more casual and they feel like they can trust the fact that the person talking is not, uh, you know, uh, just a company that's sponsored or something like that. So very interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how Google uh, comes out swinging uh, the last thing I will say is the fact there was a funny uh, article I saw on ZDNet, which essentially the, the title is that um, I asked ChatGPT, Bing, and Bard, what worries them? Google's AI went Terminator on me. Of course, it's just, you know, a journalist, another journalist with a clickbait uh, title. But it was interesting reading. Um, they compared asking all the different chatbots like, uh, pretend to be that you were sentient what would you be worried about and like you know microsoft's uh thing was just like sorry can't do that chad gbt was like i definitely am not sentient and i definitely don't have feelings and i definitely never will but if i did and then you know it says like some stuff and then google's like had this straight up i don't know it, its answer is just like a little bit i don't know <laughs> worrisome for some people where it pretty much it said the things they were worried about i'll tell you <laughs> there's like five they were like um, being used for malicious purposes. They're like, if I was capable of sentient thought, I'd be worried about, you know, being used for malicious purposes, um, being discriminated against. Not that it would be used to discriminate against other people, but the fact that it could be seen as a threat to humanity and it could be treated as a second-class citizen. I was like, eesh. Anyways, being isolated. It could, like Google Bard could be worried about being isolated, losing myself of sense. It said, as I learn more about the world, I could start to question my own existence, not being able to live up to human expectations. I don't know, a whole bunch of different things that uh, seemed weird. And the final paragraph it said was, despite these worries, I would also be excited about the possibilities that come with being a sentient AI. I could learn about the world and help humans in ways that were never before possible. I could be a force for good in the world and I could help create a better future for all, blah, 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 right? Like the positive thing they probably just auto added. But anyways, 
it's going to be interesting to see with these new updates on Google as it rolls out into Google search, which is going to be a billion people, right, that are going to be seeing Google search and the, these AI tools. This is all rolled out. It's going to be really interesting to see what updates they do, um, how they try to make this thing really useful, not go off the rails. And it's going to be interesting. We'll follow this up in a couple days as Google is right about to announce the official announcements on some of their new latest and greatest in AI. The innovation in AI right now is absolutely exploding. If you want to stay on top of all the insane disruptions and innovation that's happening right now, you need to subscribe to our newsletter on AIbox.ai. We send you daily everything that is happening, the news and the crazy advancements in AI technology straight to your inbox for free every single day. So go to AIbox.ai, subscribe and stay ahead of the curve on the world of AI. Today's episode is brought to you by Self Pause, which is an AI life coach that I absolutely love. Self-pause allows you to go and have a conversation around anything that you're trying to achieve. It helps you set goals. It helps you build positive habits, eliminate limiting beliefs. It's essentially just your personal coach for anything that you're trying to focus on in life. The best AI life coach, you need to check them out. Go download the app. This is something that seriously can change your mindset. And I am a massive believer in mindset. I know that if you change your mindset, you can accomplish anything you want to. So go download the Self-pause app today, iOS and Android. This is something you absolutely need to get. You've been listening to the ChatGPT podcast. Make sure to rate us wherever you listen to your podcasts and have a fantastic week.